Chipped ham and football. That's what Pittsburgh does. Brian Batko here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, one of our Steelers beat writers. Going to sort of do a post-mortem on the 2023 season. Look ahead to next year a bit today with Andy Benoit, head of football analysis for the 33rd team. Excellent website covering all things NFL. I lean on them a lot. Before that, he was with Sports Illustrated and actually the LA Rams as a member of their front office and assistant to Sean McVay. How's it going, Andy? Hey, Brian, it's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. A lot more uh, free time and sort of uh, sitting around finding stuff to write now that the Steelers are done. No more trips down to the Southside facility. Um, I know you're probably knee deep in, in looking at all that went down in the divisional round and turning your focus to the final four in the NFL. So thanks for chatting a little bit of Steelers with me as we uh, yeah put a bow on their season. First, this show is presented by Pella. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella. They can help you save on energy costs year round, schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella windows and doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss that further. That's 866-593-1560 to start getting planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Uh, Andy, the Steelers got their doors blown off a little bit in Buffalo at, at least the first half. Let's start with just your overall thoughts on their 2023 season. 10 and 7, sneak into the playoffs as a 7 seed get thrown out of the club by Josh Allen and company. Is that about what you expected? Did they make any progress from your vantage point, or was it mostly just a result of tripling down on the Matt Canada experience and turning over a two? Well, I I think they got better offensively as the season went along. They had a very distinct identity. They were defense and run the ball, which that used to be half the playoff teams. That was their identity more than half. You know, that's, it's a different NFL now, but they found ways to win in this different NFL by playing kind of a called a, a recent old fashioned style, if you will, 1990s, early 2000s football. And look, within the context of their identity and how they're built to play, and I think Mike Tomlin recognized some of those limitations on offense, how, how good they were in certain areas on defense. I think within that context, you know, they have a, a season they can be proud of. They overachieved, and I'm sure, as you know, in, in the city of Pittsburgh and the history of that organization. 10 and 7, that's that's not anything they're going to celebrate there, and the expectations and the standards are higher moving forward. So if you think they overachieved sort of from the national perspective. I know here in Pittsburgh, after they looked good in preseason and Kenny Pickett was throwing some darts, there was like the optimism meter was creeping up, but that always tends to happen locally. I guess people like you who study every team weren't necessarily there at that point. Yeah, no, you know, I mean, you make a good point. You know, maybe overachieved is is a strong word. I think if you'd asked me at the front of the year, just looking at their roster and kind of the landscape of the AFC, he'd pick a record for this team. Ten and seven, nine and eight, right in that upper middle-ish pack seemed about right. I think they're they're young in the passing game in certain ways, and that's that's maybe where you think they overachieved. And by that, I mean they they overcame some of that youth and inexperience in the passing game. And I think they, they did do some good things in it as well this year. Well, on that note, Andy, I'll just ask you, are, are you a Kenny Pickett guy? What do you make of him? I mean, it second year as the starter, first full season as QB1, it did not go uh, really to plan. He effectively gets benched for the final stretch after his injury uh, in, in favor of Mason Rudolph. What are your thoughts on Pickett as somebody who, um, you know, you know, you, like I said, you're you're on every team, and I feel like he's not really a quarterback who gets mentioned a ton uh, in the national stratosphere. Yeah, he, he's not. I know that some of the guys that I, I get to work with at 33rd team, guys that have won a lot of games in the NFL as coaches, head coaches, coordinators, 
there are coaches with us that, that think Kenny Pickett is, is tremendous and that if he played, he's a certain kind of quarterback. And so if he played in a highly schemed offense, if you will, let's say a Miami or San Francisco are the best examples where it's sure. a, a run pass balance, uh, a lot of motions, a lot of defi- uh, designed reads or def- say defined reads on early downs, first and second down passing. You know, that kind of offense, I, I think he would be a very successful quarterback in a system like that. He plays the position the way coaches want it to be played. The question is, you know, Pittsburgh, they've always philosophically, they've been big on three-by-one formations. We're going to do a drop-back pass game. We'll have some quick game in it like everybody does. But, what you know, we're going to put a lot on our quarterback. And that worked for a long time when they had Ben Roethlisberger. The question is, is Kenny Pickett that kind of guy? And they're not running exactly what they did with Roethlisberger, but it's closer to that than it is to being a highly schemed offense. And so that's the discussion. Is Kenny is, is Kenny Pickett a guy you can just kind of go out there and play with, or do you scheme it up with him? And I think there are guys in the league, uh, coaches in the NFL, that that believe if, if he played in a system where you schemed it up, he would be an excellent quarterback in that kind of system. That's well said, and I think there's some, you know, encouraging points to be made there because a lot of Steelers fans who were high on picket or maybe still are starting to worry a little bit or wondering how can you still get the most out of him if if you do go into 2024 with him as your starter again which from the sounds of it last week with Mike Tomlin seems like the Steelers are going to do that how do you best sort of marry all the good traits and minimize some of the bad that we saw from him conversely are you a Rudolph guy? Like I'm, I'm always fascinated to hear the the national, uh, you know, opinions on not just Pickett, but now the way the last month of this season went. Like, what do people make of Rudolph and his sort of mini resurgence, going on a three game run to to get into the playoffs, and then obviously not being able to outgun Josh Allen, although uh, very few quarterbacks can. Yeah, Rudolph was was pretty solid in those games, and including that Buffalo game in the playoffs. I thought he put the ball where he wanted to put the ball, which you know that's another way of saying he's accurate. But accuracy, not just precision, but also the timing of the plays. I thought he executed the way the plays were designed to be executed. He's another guy in the right kind of system. He's going to be uh, serviceable and effective. You know, as far as like, well, do we go with this guy? You know, he's been in the league since 2018. We've seen him. He's had chances to be a starter. It stretches. My sense is, and I, I could be wrong, my sense is he's probably a, a higher-end backup quarterback, and he played at a higher-end level when they needed him to this season. Well, I guess the last thing that I'll you know sort of ask you about with what went wrong in 2023, or at least what could have been done differently, I mean, what did you make of the Matt Canada NFL experiment overall because I feel like there are there are some smart football minds who watch a ton of tape like you do who think yeah you know that there were plays there there were throws to be made that Pickett just didn't make for whatever reason whereas others are like this just everything he was trying to do didn't really translate from the college ranks to the NFL I mean are you somewhere in the middle on that does he resurface at some point and did the Steelers just sort of uh you know hitch their wagon to the wrong guy for a few years here offensively. Well, it's, I mean, it's with, with guys like that and, and he, became, every year there's a few coaches that people just decide that's the coach we're going after. We're going after his <laughs> job security in Matt Canada. Unfortunately, he was one of the guys that got picked for that this year. And look at the Steelers were averaging 25, 30 points a game. He wouldn't have been picked. So I'm not saying that anyone's right or wrong 
all this stuff with guys like that, all of it exists somewhere in the middle. He could be better. He wasn't as bad as they think. You know, it's their run game was better than people gave them credit for. It was more diverse. It wasn't diverse every week. It was so it was a little bit inconsistent in terms of that approach, but there were a lot of things to like about that. Um, they have talented receivers. You know, I, I, you could argue all they line up and just kind of they're simple offensively. That's that's not an unfair argument, but you could also argue they've got receivers who they expect can win. And you can afford to be simple when you have big guys like George Pickens outside that are one on one winners or route runners at the level of a Deontay Johnson. So there's all kinds of discussions to go back and forth on all that. But, you know, I'll be honest, Brian, you know, I do watch all the film. That doesn't mean I see and, and know even a, a, a huge majority of what's going on. There's a lot that happens in meeting rooms and why coaches are doing what they're doing, what they're trying to accomplish, the players they have. All these things are pieces of puzzles that fit in. And, you know, from the outside looking in, we don't we don't have all the information. So you always want to tread lightly when being critical of anyone. Um, Canada, I think there were some good things. There were some poor things. I, I, I never watched it, felt like I'm watching – a college system though. Is that kind of, was that the, was yeah. that his background or the thinking of, of, for your fan base is he's, he's trying to do college things in the NFL. Yeah. He'd only worked in college and you know, it's, it's funny as somebody who I covered Pitt before the Steelers, I wasn't there for the season that he, uh, you know, racked up a ton of yards and points for the Panthers right there across the hall from the Steelers, but certainly looked into his background a lot when the Steelers hired him and promoted him. And you know, he always was kind of honest about, I think we have one of the simplest offenses in America. We're, we're using, we're trying to win matchups. We, you know, we might have some concepts that look very complicated or rely on a lot of misdirection. And he was known for the shovel pass and the jet sweep. So some of that stuff was maybe a little foreign for NFL fans to see, but I think he, he was always consistent in saying, we're going to simplify matters. And, and that I think is why, he sort of had that reputation here fairly or unfairly. And I mean, just there were also some, you know, pointed criticisms about this stuff looks amateurish. Um, he's never done it at the NFL level. Can he even stay a step ahead of the play callers in this league? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Steelers have played a certain way on offense for a long, a long time now. And if you go back and look at their history, even back to Ken Wisenhunt, Bruce Arian, some of those guys, there have been a lot of carryover and similarities from one coordinator to the next. So, which tells me it's an, part of it's an organizational philosophy. Like, and, I, and I don't know this, but just there have been so many different coordinators and this offense has had so many common variables for how they approach the game schematically. I, I don't believe that everything's just turned over to the OC and it's all on him. You know, the challenge, Brian, with uh, instituting college concepts in the NFL, and th I think the league's done a pretty good job of that with, with, like you mentioned, the jet sweeps, which are pretty commonplace now, the various misdirections and screen concepts. The challenge is in college, the hash marks are really wide. And so when the ball spotted to one side of the field or the other, there's a lot of space to one side and very little space to the other. And that regulates the way the defense can play. And long story short, because of the extra space, it makes it easier to isolate certain matchups in college. In the NFL, you can isolate one-on-one -on -one matchups, but you're not in total control there. The ball's always spotted near the middle of the field because the hash marks are tight. That gives the defense a lot more flexibility for how they can disguise and what they can do schematically. So that, that's why college coaches don't always just work when they go to the NFL and drop in what they're doing from college. The, the games are really – college game, pro game are really 
really different games. They just look the same because the uniforms look the same and the bright lights on TV look the same. But it's 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 not easy to just take college stuff and put it in the NFL. It's not a, an A plus B equals C kind of equation most of the time. Well, on that note, Andy, Mike Tomlin has already said he wants the next offensive coordinator here in Pittsburgh to be somebody with prior NFL experience in that role. So we're going to get into that in just a second. We have more to touch on with Andy Benoit uh, from the 33rd team. But first, a word from Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools here in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning, offer more personalized instruction at every level for your child through their kindergarten through 12th grade journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org and a quick message from Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. So yeah, Andy, I mean, at this point, like I just wrote a, a big story um, on the Post-Gazette website, um, you know, not big and important, but comprehensive and a lot of words were uh, spilled out on uh, offensive coordinator possibilities. I'm not going to pretend to know who Mike Tomlin's got his eye on or who they're going to talk to as they start to get into this search, but what do you make of what they should do at offensive coordinator. I thought it was really interesting what you brought up about just kind of the structure of what might work for Kenny Pickett at this point, because I know here in Pittsburgh, it's been a talking point for a while that like, could Kenny look like Brock Purdy if he was in Kyle Shanahan's offense? Would Brock Purdy look any good if he were in Matt Canada's offense? I know it's not that simple, but do you have any names in mind or even coaching trees in mind that might fit the personnel they've got or to, to what you were mentioning earlier, just the philosophy that they seem to have as an organization? Well, I think the one that you mentioned, that San Francisco one, is a good example. And Brock Purdy, and, and look, Purdy is a uniquely good fit for how they play there in San Francisco because he is such a good anticipatory passer and he sees things so quickly. And that's why his arm strength or the quote-unquote lack thereof, and I don't think he lacks it as much as people would would probably guess, but that's why the arm strength's not a huge deal for them. Same thing with Tua Tagovailoa in Miami. Very similar system right there. So, uh, you know, something like that with Kenny Pickett where your run game and your pass game really do overlap a lot and the reads are really regulated. It's a progression read system. That kind of thing I think would fit Pickett well because you get the sense watching him, you've always felt like that is a professional quarterback. He's not back there looking at a million things every snap and you don't know what it's going to be from one play to the next. I, I do think he would fit that kind of approach well as far as finding the guys who can run that system. You know, it's it, I, I'd love to know if Mike Tomlin, when he wants to, an NFL experience coach, does that mean he wants someone that's called plays before or not, or even been a coordinator before or not? Because if he does, that's going to shrink the pool, of course. There yeah, I think the question that he had at his presser, Andy, was somebody who's had NFL offensive coordinator experience. Now, I know that some of those guys are they don't necessarily have play calling experience because there's a big difference in this era of offensive minded play calling head coaches. And I suppose we could have drilled him in uh, on that a little bit more last week. But I get the vibe that he's probably going to want someone who's done both or else, uh, you know, you're, you're still taking a little bit of a chance or a swing uh, with, with the guy that you would put in that seat. Yeah, well, and look, these guys have somebody has to be a first time play caller somewhere at some point. Otherwise, your pool string. You know, Dave, we just saw Dave Canales for the Buccaneers, who I think did one of the best jobs in the league this year, given his circumstances, the fact that they couldn't run the ball, how they adjusted what they did. 
you know, that went extremely well. And if you'd said at the front of the year, Dave Canales, a guy from Seattle who's never called plays before, he's going to realize they can't run the ball very effectively and they're going to become a shotgun offense midway through. I think you'd say, well, the Bucs are going to go 5-12. and 12. And instead they were competitive and almost on the cusp of the NFC Championship game. You know, a lot of these – Mike McDaniel, for example, we just talked about the Dolphins. Mike yeah. McDaniel had not called plays in the NFL until he became the Dolphins head coach. And right away, you could probably argue he was one of the absolute very best play callers. Zach Taylor – very similar in Cincinnati. So I think the whole, the prior play calling experience, my guess is without having gone through every guy and done this exercise, my guess is it's overrated. What probably matters is what play callers have you been around? If you worked for a Kyle Shanahan or a Sean McVay, like Zach Taylor did, or Dave Canales being around a lot of good veteran offensive minds in Seattle, Shane Waldron, most recently, Daryl Bevel before that, you know, I think that's what you want to take into account with, with the guy in their background. Now, look, Pittsburgh, their coaching staff, if you look, it's always been a little bit more of a veteran staff. I think Tomlin's sure. got more guys in his 40s, 50s, even some of the guys in the 60s than your average staff. And so if that's something Tomlin values and prioritizes, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just uh, – uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes about that. And, you know, we're not going to know everything either because whoever they pick, they'll say that's the guy they wanted all along. Just like that, that's yeah, and, that's universal yeah. for every coaching yeah. opening in any level of uh, of football, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And we, we don't and we don't know that. But, um, you know, the background and the philosophy of the offensive guy to me, that's what matters most for picking the coordinator. And if he has a play calling experience or not probably better if he does but that this that's a small deciding factor to me yeah I, I sort of agree with you that I thought it was interesting he was that transparent about it because it does roll out a lot of these sort of up-and-comers who like you said I mean you don't know if they can call plays until they get a chance to call plays so maybe he's just a little um you know apprehensive about that because of the Matt Canada failed experiment where he'd you know he'd done it for plenty of years in college but he'd never done it in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, and, and I think I, I probably said this on this show or in one of my mailbags or something for the Post-Gazette, when you do paint yourself into that corner a little bit, guess what label is going to get applied to the dude you hire? He's a retread. He's somebody who's been in this yeah. and for whatever reason, maybe extenuating circumstances, uh, a team out there decided we don't want you to be our coordinator anymore. If you got bumped up to a head coach, they decided we don't want you to be our head coach anymore. So uh, that certainly, uh, you know, trims down the pool. But uh, I guess if if Tomlin has his mind set on a on one sort of prerequisite or another, it'll be interesting to see which way they go. Yeah, for sure, it'll be absolutely interesting to see which way they go. And you do get to be the sort of head coach of the offense here in Pittsburgh because he's so involved defensively. But uh, like you said, there there are organizational tenets that they they want everybody to have. Um, you know. No matter if it's Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback, Kenny Pickett, or or Mason Rudolph. Uh, Andy, thanks so much. Is there anything else you wanted to to add on the Steelers front before I let you get out of here? No, just you know, I, I just I think they're as good an organization as, as anyone in the NFL. The league's better when the Steelers are doing well. So I don't really root for anyone, but it's it's hard not to admire the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this will be a pivotal hire for Tomlin. You know, not just for them, but probably for uh, for getting things right for his future. Seven years without a playoff win. They're sort of in that, uh, you know, mediocre middle of the NFL where you don't necessarily want to be. But uh, thanks so much to Andy Benoit of the 33rdteam.com. Make sure you check out what they're doing over there. A lot of former NFL coaches, staffers, players 
contributing to their website so you can get a little bit of a different vantage point in, in analysis on on stuff like that. Uh, I'm Brian Batco for the Post-Gazette. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Chip Tam and Football. We'll have a lot more Steelers content for you throughout the week. Talk to you then. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.